Hello, and welcome to Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth. We're so happy that you decided to join us today. This is the teaching podcast from our Sunday worship service, recorded at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Our goal as a church is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. We hope that this message inspires you and helps to lead you deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. Christ Fellowship family, how we doing? Woo! Yeah, woo! You can turn, you show some love, it's okay. <laughs> Praise God. So today we're going to talk about something that is, that we all have, is a battle within all of us. We all struggle with, but we're going to actually look at it and wrestle with it. What I love about the Word of God is if it doesn't challenge you and it doesn't change you, then what good is it, right? So we want to be able to be challenged today. I don't mind telling the truth and sharing things in love. And out there, even if you're tuning in and, and you're watching right now, I just want you to be open and, 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 and allow God to share with you and, and speak to your heart and do those things that need to be changed. I know that this is something close to my heart that I deal with and evaluate every day. But before we do that, I love to have fun. How many like to have fun? Am I the only one like to have fun? Okay, y'all like that. What's up, family? So, so right now, I want to play a game. How many know the game The Price is Right? The, okay, some of, yeah, I was born. Some of y'all younger folk are like, what's The Price is Right? But, you know, it was a good show. It probably still around. Bob Barker, I don't know if he's still around, but he's not around. But, you know, thank God for, uh, what's, it, what's the guy's name that does it now? Say it again. Drew Carey. Yeah, I've been so busy working that I haven't even been able to watch it, but I still love The Price is Right. So I just want to, I want to know, does anybody want to participate? I need two volunteers. Two volunteers. We got two volunteers? Okay. Uh, come on. Ed Schwartz, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Stand right over there. Stand right over there. Social distancing. Social distancing. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so she does it. And we have another contestant, Caleb Boyd. Come on down. You're the next contestant. Right there, right there, right there, right there. Don't get too close. I don't got a mask. All right. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. All right. Thank you so much. So welcome to the show. And I just, we, this is the uh, product. What you're going to do is you're going to guess what the price of this product is. And the one that's closest is the one that wins. Now, I'm not, I mean, you can win like a new car, but we don't have that today. Sorry. That's, that's not what we have. But uh, I just bought one, so you can't add that one. <laughs> so, uh, but what you will win is, and I hope everybody's watching clothes at home. So Arm & Hammer, okay, detergent. This can be yours if the price is right. So, you guys can participate by saying, go higher, lower, okay? You guys can help out, all right? So, Ed, how much do you think this is worth? $9. Hold on. Hold on. I'm hearing higher. You sure you don't want to go any higher? You good? $9? It does depend where you buy it. It does. 
So nine dollars, you're going with that? That's good. Nine dollars? Yeah. You're good, nine dollars. Okay, we got nine dollars. All right. Caleb, how much do you think this detergent is worth? Higher? I'm hearing that usually works. You get one penny, it brings you closer. That's all I'm saying. 901. All right. Everybody agrees? I will tell you this. Ed is correct. It depends on where you're buying it from. So we're buying this from Home Depot. <laughs> Ed's like, ah, nah, 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 nah. All right. So at Home Depot, that is funny you say that. You are so brilliant. I'm going to tell you right now. So at Home Depot, this is worth $12.97. So Caleb Boyd, you have just won this detergent. Now you can be a blessing if you want and bless your brother Ed with it. What do you choose to do? Oh! <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Isn't that beautiful? That's awesome. Now, I will say this. At Walmart, this was worth $8.78, which means everybody was over. Okay? At Target, it was worth $11.99. So everybody was closer. Um, Home Depot, I'm going to check this out. Amazon.com. Amazon sells that thing for $33.94. People will do it. People will buy. They've made a lot of money off of me. I'm telling you right now, Amazon's got a lot of money on me. But that is, it's just crazy how things, and that's what we're going to talk about today, being rich. And how the enemy of being rich, the battle is the different words like value and interest. But things like this, it depends on who's giving it the value that gives it the value. Isn't that interesting? That's amazing how one thing that's valuable to you has a price, and this, the price can be changed somewhere else. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So as a youth pastor, um, I had a lot of great time, as you could tell, doing a lot of different things to like excite people, have fun, visual, because kids don't sit around. Kids have the attention of a gnat. So I did this thing, I did this teaching one time where I would, on the screen, I had all these different things that I showed the kids. I showed them Bentleys and I showed them uh, like a bank vault full of money and I showed them mansions and I showed them watches and Bugattis and all this other stuff. And guess what the reaction of the kids was? They was not laughing. I wish they were. But they were like, ah, woo, yeah, yeah. So everybody's excited and motivated and valuing all this stuff, right? So then I show them some other stuff. This other stuff, I show them a church. I show them someone praying. I show them you know, uh, people, people uh, at home fellowshipping. I show them uh, families together. Guess what the reaction was? Mm, yes. Mm, 
okay, next game. Where was the value? It showed a lot of where their hearts and their value is. It says a lot. You can tell a lot about a person about what, with regard to what motivates them and what interests them. So the thing is, what's value, valuable to people, you'd be surprised what's valuable to different people. Let's talk about the word value. Now, the noun value is the monetary worth of something, such as a principle or, you know, or price or quality, instinctively valuable or desirable. So something ha- everything has value. Everything has value, and, can be, and a price tag can be put on it. So we can agree on that? Now, that's the noun. The verb of value is to consider something or rate highly. To give something value. So if something has a value, that's one thing inherent in itself. But who gives it the value? We do. We determine what's valuable. And so that's why Amazon can say, you know what? This this detergent is worth $33. Some of us will say, hey, I'm going to pay that. Isn't that amazing? How things are relative, depending on us and our hearts. Now, some things that we, we put value to is like, um, like I said, a price tag on something. But we also give value to people, their opinions. Some of us, depending on who the person is, they can set, they, their opinion means everything to us. Can somebody, can, does anybody ever done that where someone's, you know, you ever been in that situation where, you know what, that person's opinion means everything. And, and, and if they have a good opinion, then you're, you're on cloud nine. And then sometimes if they have a negative opinion, you, you're, you're just lowered down to the ground, under, under, the, under the table. Have you ever been there before where you put that much value in someone's opinion? Um, someone's support, you know, someone's validation or support, it has to come from this person. I'm not great unless this person says so. Or I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, smart unless this person says so. So someone's support, if they're not there at a certain place, then you feel like, you know what? It's, I'm, I'm not happy unless this person is there. We can put the value on things and on the people around us. Now, we talked about value, but I want to talk about another word put an S on the end of it, and it becomes values. Value and values are two different things. Value is a person's principle or standard of behavior, one's judgment of what's important in life, like priorities. So even if something has a value, if you, if you see a car that you really like and it's over your budget, but you have values now, you have values. Your values will say, that car is nice, but it doesn't, but I can't buy it because it's not within my budget. You see what the values did? The values helped govern. It helped bring order to and priority to, you know, but I have to pay these bills, so I can't get that car right now. You see how, but some people go into debt just to get that car because their values are not in control. 
Does everybody get what I'm saying here? It's, it's amazing what we do. And this, this will all tie in about being rich, but we have to start with the battle within us and realize and get to the heart of the matter so that we can, we can, quest, we can, uh, we can attack it and be able to address it and then make the proper, to make the proper decisions, okay? So now we talked about values. Values help bring priority. Now, the other thing that, um, the other word, now this word is a very key word today. And it's not a bad or good thing, but it is something that if you don't watch it, it can become something that will overtake you. And the word is interest. Even in the world, interest will get bite you. But even interest in yourself can bite you. Let's look at the word interest. And there's key words in, the, in this definition that helps me, that, that, will, that will help you to say, wow, there's some flags in, the, in interest. Interest is a feeling or an emotion. Somebody say feeling. Somebody say emotion. These are two things that you cannot lead your life with. Because if you do, the interest becomes something else. And we're going to talk about that. But just listen to these key words on interest. This is so, so interesting to me. Interesting, get that. (laughs) A feeling, emotion of wanting to learn more about something or to be involved in something. A quality that attracts you, your attention, and makes you want to learn more about something or to be involved in something. Something such as a hobby that a person enjoys or learn about doing. So what are some of the things you could be interested in? How many are interested in being rich? Oh, come on. I'm a, I, listen, I'm going to raise my hand. I, I don't know about y'all. I'm interested in being rich. But that involvement, that emotion about being rich can drive me to a place where I'll do anything for it. How many have been there? Listen, I love watches. I love, you know, jewelry and stuff. My wife helps me to calm it down. She's my value meter sometimes. And so before I get crazy, you know, I got, I got these Invicta watches. But I'm not going to do everything and sell my family and my, my house and jeopardize everything for a watch. But in my heart, I really want it. My emotions, I'm involved. It can be a hobby. I know people that have... I've heard of people that have 400 Invicta watches. They get so hooked. And they, they buy them for years. You know how much money 400 watches can be? So the question here is, and they value these watches. They're interested in them. They value them. They pay the price. I don't know how much else in their life pays the price, but the price is paid. So the question is this, what do you value? What do you value? Do you value your interests? Or do you value your values? Because I don't have 400 watches. I stopped at 11. My wife said, for now. I stopped. Well, if she says so, I can get another one. But I stopped at 11, not 400. I don't even think you can wear, that means that person's got a watch for every day of the year and another month. 
I don't have that. I don't need that. I don't need that. So thank you, Jesus, for values, right? (laughs) See, your interests drive you. They drive you sometimes recklessly. And they also can become idols. Have you ever been interested in something where it almost became your idol? It motivates you. It's the thing that gets you up in the morning. It's the thing that you you drive to do. And sometimes you're so focused on it that everything else doesn't matter. Have you ever been there before? Do you find yourself sometimes there now because of things going on now today? And we'll talk about that. I'm so ahead of myself. I'm trying to stay on point. (laughs) Now, this is the thing. I'm not saying that interests are wrong, but interests can become bad when you allow yourself to be fully consumed by them. But if you have a set of values, that won't happen. When you find yourself so consumed that nothing else matters, no one else matters. I hope you're hearing me out there. Somebody put in the chat, interests. Somebody put in the chat, values. Those are the things we're talking about today. And that is the battle that we have to, we have to win within ourselves. You don't want to be fully consumed with being rich or getting rich. I know there was, a, there was an album out there called Getting Rich or Die Trying. Y'all probably heard about that one. Some of y'all younger folk, some of you older folk are like, what the heck is that? But there is an album out there called Get Rich or Die Trying. I'm not that interested in getting rich because I'm rich in another way. I got an amen. Praise God. You know where I'm going with this. <laughs> See, and we talked about a lot of these things during the, during the past couple of weeks about taking hold of your money and things like that. Joel talked about it two weeks ago. The love of money is the roots of all kinds of evil because now it opens up the door for so much temptation to get an experience and get involved and get interested and, and, and learn about so many other things. You see where I'm going with this? You have to take hold of that. Now, what happens to take hold of that, your values helps you to respect money. I know Ed can can appreciate this. Values help you to respect money. Interests without values will make you become so overwhelmed with it, so involved in it that it takes up your whole life. So as you res- use your values to respect money, you do things like you save your money instead of buying 100 watches. You save your money or you tithe. And that's what values do. Your values, see, if the interests drive you, your passions and emotions drive you, they almost go ahead of you and take control. Your values, they guide you. You see what I mean? Your values, they guide you. And what happens is, when when I'm talking about values, it depends on where your values come from as well. Now, we that have a relationship with God, our values come from God himself. How, How do we get our values? Through the word of God. These are the values we're talking about. You have to value the values of God so that he becomes the one that helps you to, to make right decisions 
with your interests and not get driven away by those interests. And how does he do that? He does it when Jesus was here. He said, I must go that the comforter must come. Who was he talking about? The Holy Spirit. So God didn't just leave us here without values. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit can't speak anything to you until you have something within you. Where do we learn these values from? The Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. As you open up the Word, it shows you in Proverbs. and There's a scripture for everything in every part of the Bible, whether it's the Old Testament, whether it's the New Testament. There's values there that once you have them inside you, the Holy Spirit can bring it back to you when you need it. Can somebody say amen? Oh, we're awake. Okay, great, great. So the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth, which brings about self-control. We need to be, have self-control. Does that come from us? Do we have the ability to be controlled on ourselves? I don't think we do. Without God, anything's possible. And I'm talking about in the flesh. But with God, all things are possible. Now you can be in control. And God will give you wisdom and guide you into all truth. John chapter 16, verse 13 says, But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the Holy Spirit doesn't talk to you, doesn't speak to you about things based on your interests and based on things out of the air. He tells you, that he guides you into the things that God says will make, will, will give you wisdom and self-control and bring you into a prosperity and a great relationship with him. And prosperity is not always money. Now we can define what success and riches and all these different things that the world has already uh, labeled and determined what is, is richness, what is greatness, what is success. Now that we have God and we have our values, we can, we can finally determine what is being rich, what is being what is being successful? What is being great? Based on what? And based on who? Who said so? And that's the key here, is that God's values. Now, hear what I'm saying. Values can come from anywhere. There's a code of ethics in everything. There are good values and there's bad values. It's such a slippery slope, everybody. But if you're not following God's, if you're not reading about God's values in his word, he can't guide you. You have to be in his word. There's value, gangs have values. Gangs have values. Whether they're, whether they're ones we agree with, if they're from the word of God, okay. But if they're not, those values aren't necessary because those values keep you from God. Organized crime has values. And people follow them for a moment until they're so consumed that they start turning on each other. You see how this thing gets so twisted? It gets so twisted. So somebody say values. 
So what are you valuing today? Are you valuing your interests? Are you valuing your values? What's bringing you into control? Or what's, over, what's consuming you right now? That's where the battle begins. That's something we all have to answer. I'm going to talk about a show called Social Dilemma. Anybody got Netflix? Anybody got Netflix? Come on, y'all. Am I the only one got Netflix? Anybody got Netflix? All right. All right. It's even in the dictionary, Netflix, to chill, you know. So I want to talk about a show called Social Dilemma. Has anybody seen it? Besides me and my wife, has anybody seen it? You guys are missing out on a great show, Social Dilemma. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you about this story. Let me tell you about this show. It's about these executives that worked in social media platforms like Facebook, IG, Instagram, you know, uh, Snapchat, YouTube, Twitter. I probably missed a bunch of other ones because that's as far as my brain goes. Um, So they talk about how they started out with good intentions to keep people connected. You know, keep people connected with people you know, people they know. But as marketing got involved, it went from connecting people to appealing to people's interests in such a way that people were being programmed how to pick up their phones and keep checking for the latest thing. Sometimes you get up in the morning, and the first thing you do, and I know I'm I'm tired of guilty of it too. Now, what's the latest thing? Who's on Facebook? Who's smiling? What's going on? Usually I check the weather, because that tells me how I'm going to dress that day. That's a little inside. That's our secret. Nobody tell anybody else. But we are programmed to pick up this phone, and based on what we snap, you know, we... We, we pick up the phone and we find our interests. Based on our interests, those things are programmed. Those things are algorithms. And, 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 and being provided information that appeals to your interests and not your values. They keep you picking up your phone based on your interests, and there's a reason why. It's even gotten to a point that even the news and information that gets to you is geared towards your views, and it doesn't even have to be the truth. So those opinions that you have, it'll appeal to that. You stay on something for a while, and then you'll start seeing a bunch of stuff. I remember my brother was was over uh, for New Year's, and he wanted a pair of sneakers. We talked about these sneakers, and they're nice sneakers, by the way. But as we're reading about it, as we're talking about it, I pick up my phone. Guess what? Those sneakers are on my phone. They're on my phone, advertised everywhere I go. Has anybody done that before? I want a refrigerator. Hmm, Samsung refrigerator. You, you know, so you got to be careful what we talk about. Because I don't want to have to pick up my phone and we talk about McDonald's or something like that. So your viewing habits, it's gotten to the point that even the news and information that gets to you is geared towards your views and doesn't even have to be the truth. They send you things based on your viewing habits and interests on the phone. Some of some information you're getting may not be from the same information that someone else is getting. So the information that I'm getting that appeals to me, I'm thinking everybody else is getting the same thing. Guess what? They're not. 
Because they know what you, they appeal to your interests. They appeal to the thing you're getting interested in. You see where I'm going with this? There are things that, are, that are appeal to us. There are devices that the enemy is using to appeal to us. And the thing is, I'm so consumed with my opinions and with my interests that if you don't see it my way, and I'm so emotionally connected, if you don't see it my way, then I don't, something's wrong with you and I don't like you. Division starts. Because it's this thing, we'll talk about it later. But the thing is, these executives, it's crazy how these executives, they had values that led them to quit their jobs. They're executives. They're bosses. But they see what's going on and they have values. And it led them to quit their jobs and tell the story of how social media is not guided by values, but only cares about programming you to help keep using and buying and programming you how to think, feel, and believe. We have to evaluate these things in our own lives and understand that this is a battle that's happening right now. And in that battlefront, some, peop- some, some, or some people are winning. The, the, the businesses are winning. They don't care what you feel. They don't care about your values. They care that you're buying. There was a time when a lot of advertisements and commercials were not in the social media. You wouldn't see them. Now they got involved. They saw there's money to be made. There's people to be programmed. And we can get this money. And we can program these people. And now everybody's divided based on their interests because their phone is giving them so much information. And what's happening is there's no connection between each other. There was a time when we could agree to disagree because our opinion was not more important than our relationships. Do you see, can you see the division and the tension? Do you feel it in the air? That is a device that has been that, is, that even these executives have seen it and quit their jobs because they have values. Human values. Values that value uh, family, that value uh, uh, community, that value connecting with people and not connecting to the phone. So as they leave these programs and stuff, and, 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 and the thing about it is, Eddie talked about this last week, the lies from our culture. The small little puddle that turns into a wave. And that wave gets so big that it overtakes everything. The question is, is that wave taking you over too? Is your opinion and your interests, is it more important than the people that you're supposed to be united with in the house of God? Does it separate you from your family? Now, I will tell you this, there was a time, there was a time when kids got their information from the older people, from their parents, from their elders, they used to call it. They didn't get their information online. You can Google anything. So kids say, I can Google anything. I can get a bunch of likes. I can be important based on what this phone says. Why do I need you? 
This is the lie that the culture and the wave has brought to us. And us adults, as we get older, we get set in our ways and we want certain things so bad. Our opinions are so important to us, sometimes we say them and, it, and, and whether it hurts someone else or winning the argument is more important than our relationship with others. Have we ever found that before? Society has gotten to a point where the media is dictating how we think and how we feel and how we live. And they're saying, we got to do this. We had to do that as opposed to you're free to do this. You're free to do that. You feel the tension and you feel like you're all alone and you feel like you're forced to do things because opinions and interests are more important than values. Do we see that? Can you see that? And it all starts from within us. And the scary thing is those that have power have more influence to bring these things into the culture. Let me tell you what these executives did. These six-figure executives, they not only did, they not only left their jobs, but they don't use social media anymore. The very ones that help create and build these monsters, they don't use them anymore because they have values. So not only do they don't use them, at the end of the show, it's crazy how they're saying, my kids, I don't let them use it. Or I limit the time that they have with it. They're becoming the guides. They're becoming the ones that are instilling the values in their kids. Are you the one, those parents out there, are you installing those values in your kids? Or your kids have enough time to spend on there and make their own decisions without you. Because if, you're not, if they're not connected with the family at home, guess what? They're connected with the family online. So I guess it's possible. It's possible to have someone buy into something that separates them from God and divides them from other people if you appeal to their interests. Some people are going to drink the Kool-Aid. Man, Kool-Aid, huh? Does anybody even know what Kool-Aid is? Remember what Kool-Aid is? Okay. I got you, Bishop. Bishop, remember Kool-Aid. Okay. My brother, we remember Kool-Aid. <laughs> I have my flavors, but we're not going to go into that. All right. That's not what this message is about. <laughs> it's a device that the enemy has used to create this big wave of normalcy and culture. And when it's not checked with values, you'll, 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 you'll buy into anything. But, and this is the good news, it's hard to buy someone into something or have them drink the Kool-Aid, such as the social distancing on so many levels that's happening now. That when you are guided by your values and relationship with God, that's priceless. I don't buy into everything because I have my values and I'm rooted in them. And it guides me, and I don't go with what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is doing it. God said, I don't have to. You're free from the bondage of these interests that consume you and the, and the popular interests that are being imposed on you. Can I hear someone say amen? So we're going to hear this, this, this web of, of all, how all these things are connected and, and how Eddie was talking about that wave and how idols, become, you know, money can become idols because if your interests overwhelm you, 
And I want to talk about what something PC said. PC said in one of his teachings, I think it was when he was talking about Battlefield of the Mind, he said that our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts, which can become your strongest desire. So whatever you're thinking about, whatever your mind is on, it becomes your strongest desire. It's what's motivating you. What interests are motivating you to the point it becomes an idol? So Matthews chapter 6, verse 19 It says, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, everybody, anybody else know the rest of it? For where your treasure is, your heart is. Where's your heart? Is it money over God or God over money? Is it your interests are more important than anything else or God is more important than the things of this world? See, God says in order to be rich toward him, and that's what we want to talk about. Now that we know what values and interests and all these different things where the struggle begins, we can talk about what being rich is all about because the world has already determined richness is what you have and your job is who you are and, and, and your status. They're already putting labels on us and comparing us and separating us based on those levels and categorizing us. But God, being rich in him is not based on your circumstance. It's based on your relationship. So whether you have or whether you don't have at the moment, whether you're going through something. See, people that don't ha- are fully consumed in their interests, they stress out when they don't have what they want, and they're never satisfied. But when you have God, you are, you are always fulfilled. You have joy and peace, even in the midst of the hard times, while other people are losing their mind because things are going crazy, because they're based on their emotions and their circumstances. God says, in order to be rich toward God, you must get intentionally interested. I'm going to say that again. God says, in order to be rich towards God, you must get intentionally interested. Intentional leaders? It's intentional. It doesn't come easy to yourself to want to read the Bible all the time. It doesn't come easy all the time. You develop that relationship. See, in the things of God, it's priceless. It's a gift that God gives you. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything if you don't value it. You have to develop intentionally that interest. You have to get involved. You've got to want to learn. You want to get so consumed with God that he brings all the values and all the things that will bring you freedom from the labels into your life. That's priceless, everybody. That's priceless. Your identity is not based on what's going on around you, but it's based on who God says you are at all times. That is the truth that you can hold on not the views and the likes on the phone or even in life. 
It's priceless, but God has an eternal impact on your life as well as those, uh, as well as those you love. Do you know that your relationship with God not only makes you rich on the inside and not only blesses you, but it blesses others around you? That your life has so much more impact when you are involved with God as he blesses you, he blesses others around you? Have you ever seen that? You share the love of God with friends or family. You share the love of God with, uh, you know, with people you love, and you find them, those seeds are planted, and they want to be around you, and before you know it, they want to come to the Lord. Has anybody seen that before in your life? It's so much greater. Your relationship with God is so much greater than you. It's bigger than you. To me, that's amazing. That's amazing how lives have changed. My life has been changed as well. So there's this song called Jaira. I think it's called Jaira, more than enough. Did anybody ever hear that song? Anybody? Maverick City? Okay, I know y'all heard it. Right. I know y'all heard it. We rehearsed it. I will be content in every circumstance. Jaira, you are enough. Right? So... That song was written by Chandler Moore. Do you know when it was written? It was written when his apartment was burnt down. If, my, if I came home from somewhere and my apartment or my house was burnt down, and my singing gyra, I want to get there. But I probably wouldn't. I'd have been like, ding, ding, don't it got turned off. You know, just... I'd have been, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just keeping it real with y'all. Can I keep it real? I know I'm a pastor, but I'm human too, and I'm trying to get there. But it taught me something, that out of one of the worst things in his life, he puts his pen to the paper and writes a song about how God is more than enough. And because of his values, it not only affected him, and it not only blessed him, but it blessed the world. That in the worst of times, he put his pen to the paper and blessed the world with a word of encouragement to encourage everybody else. You see how priceless that is when your interests, and he's in, and I can imagine him getting in his word and intentionally, you know what? I know how I feel. I know what my emotions are. I know that my interests, as far as my home and my security, has been burnt away, but I believe that God is more than enough. Can any of you say that in yourselves? These are the questions we have to ask. Because if God could do it for him, he could do it for you too. I want to share another story. So I don't know how many of you, I know we got a lot of new people, but some of you that have known me over the years, you know I was signed with Mountaintop Records. I was signed to a record label. And I traveled from 2003 to 2008. I was on tour from Canada to, 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 uh, to Florida, to Nashville, out west, to even St. Croix. Me and my wife went to St. Croix. So God has blessed me. I did two albums. I was on Sirius XM. I was, on, uh, I, was on, uh, I was doing music videos. I'm on YouTube, you know. And so my interest was to glorify God with the music. And I found myself having to be driven and, and be motivated to go to different places. I was a full-time pastor at the time. I was a father. 
And then here comes Miss Values. Miss Values says, you're out every weekend. My kids were little now. You're out every weekend. We don't see you. So then I cut it from some Miss Values helped me to see that I needed to be home with my family as well. So I went from every weekend to maybe two weekends so that I'd be home with my family. Values. I could have lost my family. Even in that, I have my kids on both of my albums. Caleb wasn't born yet. He's on the latest album. So I'm in, I'm in Nashville, and I made it to the Stella Awards, which is like the Grammy Awards of gospel music. I'm at the Stella Awards. I'm, make, I'm, I'm mainstream now. I'm hanging out with people like Kirk Franklin. I'm hanging out with people like Fred Hammond, my, my people that I admire, uh, Micah Stampley, Israel Houghton, all these people. I even got pictures of me with Tina Campbell from Mary Mary. I opened up for Mary Mary in Alabama. So there was a lot of great memories. But I remember when I was there. I remember when I was there. God asked me, he said, Harold, my son, if I was to take this all away, would you be satisfied with me and just being a pastor and leading in, you know, right where you are and, 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 and um, you know, leading worship and things like that? Do you know I struggled with that question? I struggled with that question because I saw, I saw the mountaintop. I saw, see how I said that? I saw the mountaintop, mountaintop records. I saw the mountaintop, and we were getting there, and I'm hanging out with the people, and I'm, 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 I'm touring, and I'm opening up. Timothy Wright, I was with, I was, um, you know, I opened up for him in Brooklyn and in Alabama as well. So I'm doing all these shows and meeting people, and, and things are going well. The albums are getting better and better. And God says, take it away. So what was more important to me, my interests or my values? What was more important to me at that time? I struggled for three days with that question. And my values, my interests, I saw that I was consumed by my interests, even though I had good intentions, even though I wanted to sing for the Lord, that mainstream meant everything to me. And three days later, I went to God and I said, God, if you take it all away, if you take it all away, just want you. I just want you. You mean everything to me. I had to answer that question for myself. And it was hard because I wanted so bad to be the, the, the next young artist that people would look up to and be that next role model. But God had something else in mind in his will was more important than my interests. His values was more important than what I wanted, even though it may have been good if it's not God's will. That's why you have to be in God's word. And the thing is, before God made that transition, he was gracious enough. Like he said, the Holy Spirit will guide you. He came to me and helped me to struggle with that question so that I'd be ready for when things went south. The last thing I did was I opened up for Ty Tribbett. It was one of the, he was on top of the world. It was the biggest, it was the biggest show ever. 
in Virginia Beach. And I was there opening up for him. And I'm saying, wow, God. But then certain things happened where I couldn't stick around anymore. And, 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 and God helped me with that because certain things in the, in the organization just wasn't working right. And I thank God that I loved him more than those things around me. Values. His values will bring you freedom from the things that the enemy can use. He will even use the very things that you, you want to do for God. He can, if it becomes your idol, that could have became my idol. But that music was not my idol. God is my source of values. And that's why I'm here today sharing God's word. And it's okay with me because that's what he wants. And I'm more blessed here than going somewhere else, quote unquote, in God's name, doing something that he didn't want me to do. Amen? Praise God. So the thing is, these at-the-end-of-the-day riches. See, these at-the-end-of-the-day riches, there are riches in this world you can have, but you can't take them with you at the end of the day. Money can bring you security, quote-unquote, security for a moment, but then when it's gone, what are you going to do? It's temporal. It's at the end of the day. That money is not going to be your source of, of happiness. At the end of the day, popularity is, is only temporal. You can be popular for a moment, but at the end of the day, you're, you're only loved for who you are at that moment. At the end of the day, with God, the, at the end of the day, riches, you are loved. You are loved. You are treasured. You, you mean everything to him. And those are the things that are more important. See, Matthew chapter 6. I love Matthew chapter 6. 31 says, do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans, they run after all these things, their interests. See, God wrote this way before it happened. He already knew. There's a scripture for everything. For the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows what you need them. God already knows what you need. Do you trust him? See, the Bible says, but seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So if you're seeking him first, God says, everything else you need, not necessarily what you want, but everything you need will be added to you. Happiness, fulfillment, peace, love, provisions for the day. Knowledge, strength. All these wisdom, if you seek him first, if you intentionally get interested in God, as we said before, seek him first, all the other things will be added to you. And we heard this. When did we hear this? In the beginning of the month, when Diana came up and said how God is everything you need. He's your provider. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Remember that? How he's your protector how he's your provider, how he's your peace, how he guides you. Diana said all those things. How many remember that? She brought me to tears. Those trying times, those times when you're worried, 
He says, don't worry about that because I already know what you need. I already know what you need. So why are you stressing? It's because you're being driven by those interests. It's becoming so, cons- you're so consumed with that that it's, it's separating you from God. It's taking his place. But he says, seek me and everything you need, if you trust me, it will be added to you. Amen. Is this helping somebody with that battle inside? Is this helping somebody? Praise God. Hallelujah. So the question is, no, not even the question. I just want to let you know this. What you love really matters to God because God knows that when you love, when you have him as your source, your Lord and Savior, then you have everything you need for this temporary earthly life, for this temporary earthly life, as well as beyond this life, which is eternity with God. See, when you have God, you have him before, during, and after this life. If you have things of this world, you can't take it with you. There are drug lords that have died that has money hidden away in Colombia. In, in, in crates everywhere else. They couldn't take it with them. And the life was, 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 was uh, taken quick. Didn't even, see, didn't even see the age of 50 and gone because of being consumed with their love of money. See, your love for God brings that spiritual freedom where you're not chained by your emotional interests. And consume. The question is, what is it that that has the biggest impact on your joy, your emotions, and your mood? What is it? If you see something that always seems to just make your, you know, that gets you angry and takes up all your time with in thinking about it, you might need to take that to God, because that's the very thing that the enemy will use to take your mind off of God. It's in those times that you go to God. That's intentionally getting interested. You go to God so that he can use the word and, and the Holy Spirit can bring those values back to you so that it does, now you're in control as opposed to it controlling you. So now I want to talk about the rich young man. And we heard Joel talk, we heard Joel talk about this uh, two weeks ago. The rich young man in the Bible. Um, if we can pull that scripture up. It says, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? God's, Jesus says, well, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these things I've kept since I was a boy, he says. So he's earning his way. He's feeling good about himself. When Jesus said to him, when he got to the heart of the matter, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell. Everybody say sell. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at 
him and, and said, how hard is it for the rich man to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, when then can he, wait, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, we've left all we had to follow you. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. When you follow God, he has provisions for every aspect of your life, for here and for beyond. Now, when we look at this, when we look at this story, we think Jesus said for him to sell everything, sell everything. But Jesus did not tell him to give everything away. He didn't say give everything. There's a difference between giving and selling. Jesus told him to sell all he had. That involves taking everything he had, analyzing its value, getting the most of what it's worth so he could offer the profits to the poor. The lesson is to take a close look at how God created you and all the assets you'll be given and generously invest it all for his kingdom. There's an old saying that says, God bless me to be a blessing. Bless me to be a blessing. God wasn't telling him to sell everything, but he was saying, how can you use what I've given you and your interests and your values? Use these values to analyze things and to sell what you can and benefit the body of Christ. Isn't that very interesting? Isn't that so different than just selling everything? Because God provides all that you need. So if God is, 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 is answering you, if God is speaking to you, he's asking you to look at all that he's given you and be able to sell it, to profit his kingdom, and he will bless you with more because a closed hand, a closed hand he can't bless. But if you open your hand, as things are given out, he can give you more. So in God, we've been given four categories of things that we can take inventory on to use and add value and profits to God's kingdom. One of the things that God has given us as a value and we're rich in our time. What are you doing with your time? The time that you're watching TV, the time that you're on your phone, there's some time that you can use possibly to come here and volunteer and do some things. You can use your time for God in so many different ways. And that's what God wants you to do. Take inventory on your time so that you can give that to him and his kingdom and can profit the kingdom of God as well as bless others. Where can you put in some time? Praying with praying and, and, and investing time in your, in your walk with God and then using your time to be used of God. Our treasures, our treasures. God has blessed us, some, some of us, with, some, with, with, with money. 
and with cars and things like that. I just want to say when it came to time, when it comes to time, some people this past week took the time to come and give out these different the, the bag, different bags to the public and bless people with things, bags of, with things that they need. Some people took the time to do that. And that's a way that God was, God's kingdom was blessed as people used their time. Our treasures. Now I want to get to our treasures. Some of us have a lot of things. Um, money. Um, some of us have uh, pools in our backyards, which we can have great uh, baptisms. So we have treasures, and we, and we had that. Someone opened their backyard, and we had a baptism last week. And people, it was the most beautiful thing I ever seen. And so I really thank God that some of us can do that. We have things that we can use. Some of us have old clothes. Some of us have, some of us have uh, you know, someone needs a ride to church. We can do that. Some of us have so many different things monetarily that we can, we can bless the body of Christ with. Our talents. Some of us have talents. Some of us have great talents. Some of us can talk a lot. As long as you're talking about the Word of God, that's great. That's a talent. Some of us have talents media-wise, technology-wise. You know, we're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. There's so many things that we're doing. Um, also, we have now a podcast with different people talking about different subjects. And they're great. They're great. But some people, again, have the gift of gab and the gift of, of electronics. And even how this, 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 this church, how we open it up and people have talents of, of uh, you know, making the place clean and, 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 and shooting the videos and the stage set. Isn't this beautiful? I mean, some people took out the time and used their talents to put this stage together and put us on the platform where people can be connected even though they're not here. Some of you have talents. It could be musically, technologically, talents with business, talents with how to handle and manage money, talents with so many different things. So and, and look inside and take inventory of your time, your talents, and your treasures. The last thing is our worship, a lifestyle of obedience. Take inventory of how much time you, you opportunities, how many opportunities God gives you to, to be able to share the, the gospel, to be able to just be a light as you walk your walk in front of others. Sometimes the greatest gospel is when you're walking the walk and you don't have to even say a word. I want to talk about someone who was special to me. And I didn't realize how rich this man was until he wasn't here anymore. But this man wasn't, he wasn't a college scholar. He wasn't rich. He didn't have a whole lot of money. He didn't, he wasn't, he, you know, he, 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 he was a little rough around the edges, but he was a great man that really showed me what love was all about. He showed me his values. His values was family. His values was sharing. The, the, the little he had, he shared it with those he loved and with others. When we would have a ski trip, this man would 
fill a bus full of people or a van full of people just to go skiing. Me, I'm just filling up my car and we're going. Him, he's bringing everybody and their mama with him. So he would turn this thing into a fellowship party. So he took the time to invite people and, and make this big outing about skiing, which was great. My kids know how to ski because of that. Then he showed us how to fish. We went into New York, and I, I never realized how great freshwater fishing is. I know some of y'all like deep water fishing, but freshwater is where it's at for me. I, tell you, I love freshwater fishing. So we go to New York, the Great Lakes, the Finger Lakes in Fairhaven, and that's where I learned how to fish. Not only did I learn how to fish, I learned how to um, cut cut the head off and, 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 and fillet a fish, they call it, fillet a fish. I'm not talking McDonald's, but fillet a fish, okay? And I learned so many different things. I learned about the fireplace. I love fireplaces. I have a fireplace at home now. I built my own fire pit. So I go outside. My brother knows I, I burn everything, you know? So, um, but it's beautiful because we just sit by, to be on the water, it's, it's a great experience because you leave everything else behind because the only thing that matters is what's happening in that mortar at that moment. And then he showed me how you could have a great time just sitting by around the fire. Now, at this place in New York, there are no televisions. We would spend a couple of days up there, no TV. We would have board games. And we would celebrate each other and love each other. It was not about the media at that moment. This man taught me so much. And I wanted a boat just to keep it going. The, the moments and the memories mean so much to me that I wanted, it made me learn to value family. He had a little boat. It was a little boat. And he would put us all on that boat. He would do different trips. This man was in his 70s and 80s, but he would never miss a trip. And he would put us on that boat, and he showed us how to fish and reel them in using different bait. He was rich in his time. He was rich in his talents. He was rich in his treasures, and he was rich in his worship. When we, when we, would, when we would do karaoke night, you know the song he would sing? Amazing grace. How sweet. Meanwhile, we singing Chris Brown, you know, Trey songs. I'm not singing Trey songs. I'm just saying. I'm doing Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, whatever. So everybody's like doing these pop songs. His song was Amazing Grace. That's what being rich is all about. His richness in his legacy was more, it not only affected and blessed him, it blessed me. It blessed everyone else around him. And I just want to pay tribute to someone who was rich in his values and rich in his value toward God because his value to God was more than anything. But what I want you to understand here is that being rich goes beyond just this world. In God, the riches go beyond the things you have in this world. It goes even greater than that. And I pray that when my time comes, people can say he was rich in his love for God and his love for others. He was rich in how he shared his love for God with others. 
how he used his time to glorify God and share with others. The band that you see up here, they were the youth, and I was the one that taught them in a garage for many years how to play. The worship leaders that you see up here are the ones that, that were youth, and I was putting time, I put my time, talent, and treasures into them. And now they're leading worship. And we want to keep this ministry going for many times over. This ministry has to continue even when we're not here. But the legacy that we live, the richness in, in, in God, and as we share that and as we pour it into the next generation, they will be able to use their time, their talents, and their treasures to keep this thing going in the name of Jesus, to keep benefiting the kingdom of God. So my question to you is, what do you value? Do you value the riches of God? Do you value the values of God? Are you interested in those things? If you don't have a relationship with God, just everybody bow your head and close your eyes. If you don't have a relationship with God, and you want to be rich, not as the world says, because you can't take it with you. If you want that richness of peace and self-control, that freedom not to be bound by the things the world has determined what we need and have. And if God want, you want God to be your source, you don't know him and you want that, you're curious about that, I want you to raise your hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those of you that raise your hand, I thank God for you. I want you to, I want you to bow your head, and I'm going to say a prayer of you right now. Father, I thank you for those that have raised their hand. That, Father, they would learn to know you as their source. That they would be free, and as they learn your values, they'll be able to bring all those interests under control that they're not consumed by the things of the world. And I want everybody, as an encouragement, to repeat after me, as everyone says this. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess that I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe in my heart that you are Lord. I receive you into my life as Lord. As king, you are my source. Father, help me from this day forward to love you. I don't want to be deceived, but teach me to worship you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, right now, I am saved. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God for those that have raised their hand. You're going to learn Today is just the beginning of all the things that God is going to show you that he has for you. He already has your steps ordered. For everybody else, I want you to close your eyes. This is a time with God. We're going to get intentionally interested in God. I'm just going to sing a little bit of this song. Shara, you are enough. 
Shira, you are enough. So I will be content in every circumstance. Shira, you are enough. Sing it again. Shira, you are enough. Oh, Jaira, you are enough. So I will be content in every circumstance. Jaira, you are enough. Forever enough, always enough. You're more than enough. Lord, you're forever enough. You're always enough. You're more than enough. Lord, forever enough. You're always enough. You're more than enough. Hallelujah. Forever enough. You're always enough. You're more than enough. I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved more than I could imagine. And that is enough. Sing it again. I'm already I'm already chosen. I know who I am. I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved more than I could imagine. And that is enough. That is enough. That is enough. Oh, that is enough. Jaira, Lord, you are enough. Oh, Jaira, you are enough. So I will be content in every circumstance. Jaira, you are enough. Hallelujah. If that's you, that's you and you want God to be more than enough, I want you to stand to your feet. If you need God to be more than enough, if you need him more than the very air you breathe, if you want to be rich, I want you to stand as we touch and agree. Oh, yes, Jaira, Jaira, you are enough. Father God, I pray for every heart that is standing. God, that you would be the source of everything they need, God. That you would be their identity, Lord, and not the things around them. That they would see that you and your values will set us free from the lies of the culture that tries to overtake us. 
and make us believe that that's more important to you, that their values are more important than your values. Father, guide them, lead them. Father, become the thing that they seek first in the morning, that, they're pray- that you're the one that they're praying to during the day and you're guiding them through the day. And Lord, let them be the last thing that, you, that you're the last one that they talk to at night. That you will guide them and show them the values that will set them free. And Lord, as they use their time and treasures and talents in their life of worship for you, I pray, God, that as the enemy would try to sneak in with those interests and try to sneak in and make the interests greater than you, that they become idols, I pray that your truth will guide them and set them free. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God, that we are rich in you, God, that everything we need is in you, Jesus, not only for this world, but even after this world. We thank you, God, for being more than enough. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Go and be rich in God. Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth is a Christian community whose mission is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. You can learn all about us by visiting cfofelizabeth.com. We meet each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, as well as at various times throughout the week. If you'd like to see a video recording of the full worship service this teaching came from, you can watch on demand on our YouTube channel, and you can join us live online every week by visiting cfofelizabeth.live. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. See you next time.